Now, it's good to see you. Um, my name is Claudia. I'm one of the pastors here at Berlin Church. And today I am introducing to you our new teaching series called One. And I'm very excited about this series because this series is about the unity and oneness of the church. See, the Bible calls us or tells us that in Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can stand united as one according to God's calling. God calls his church to be united because there is power in unity. There's a huge power in unity. And when a church stands in unity, anything is possible. We can see that in the word of God. But we have a verse for this whole series that talks about unity and, um, or passage. This passage is found in Ephesians. I would like to read that to you. Ephesians 3, um, 4, verses 3 to 6, talk about the unity that God wants for us. And there we read, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. One. That's the title of our new series. And God wants us to be one because he knows there's power in unity. First of all, when the church stands together in unity, we represent God, the triune God of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is united as one. As we stand united as one, we represent him. Secondly, unity of a church always has attracted those outside the church. It is attractive to stand in unity, to be united as one. And the third reason, and I said that before, there is power in unity. Anytime God's people stood together in unity in the Bible, amazing things were possible. God's power was flowing and moving among his people, not just touching them, but also touching the people around them outside of the church. And this is what we want. That's what we want for ourselves. We want God to touch us. But we also want that, that as God touches us, that this flows out of our church into the city of Berlin so people can get saved. So during the next couple of weeks, we will talk about oneness. We will talk about unity. We will talk about some aspects that will help us to be one. And today it's my privilege to start with the topic of one faith. And Faith is, is a huge topic in the Bible. I mean, every single book in the Bible talks about faith. Starting in Genesis, all the way through to Revelation, every single book talks about faith. In the Gospels, we can read that Jesus encourages his followers to have faith and to grow his faith because he knew that faith, even as small as a mustard seed, can move mountains. Later in the New Testament, we read that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus and that faith comes from hearing the word of God. James points out that faith without actions is dead. And Hebrews 11.1 has the most famous 
definition of faith in the Bible. It says faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And I could continue quoting Bible verses or passages to you talking about faith, but that won't lead us where I want us to go today. Because today, I would like to explore with you what is the one faith that Ephesians 3, 4 talks about, and how can we grow in being one in our faith. And before we go there, I would like to pray for us. So Jesus, I thank you so much that you are here among us. Thank you, God, that you love us. Thank you, God, that you are for us and not against us. Thank you, God, that you want us to be one. And so I pray, God, that you help us to listen what you want to tell us today so we can walk in unity, into greater unity, into greater oneness. You know what each one of us needs to hear and to see today. And so I commit the service to you. It's your service. It's your people. Lord, speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, one faith. What is one faith? What is that faith? Well, first of all, it starts with defining the subject of our faith. That is, who we believe in. And as Christians, we believe in the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And there is an amazing writing that describes the components of our faith in God very precisely. It's called the Apostles' Creed, and some of you might know this writing pretty well, and it goes like this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Those words probably sound very familiar. But did you know that they were written actually in the fourth century after Christ? Fourth century. And they were written with the purpose to unify and confirm the faith of the early church. And these writings still are used for that same purpose today, all over the world, in almost all Christian denominations. The Apostles' Creed is used in the Catholic Church as well as in the Reformed Church. It is used in Baptist churches, in Free Churches, in the Lutheran Church, in Pentecostal Churches, in the Anglican Church, and even the Orthodox Churches have a writing that comes very close to what I just read to you. And as Berlin Church, we stand on the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed describes who we believe in. But we also have to admit that it's not enough to define who we believe in. It is also important what we believe about the one we believe in. What you, be what, what you believe about God is powerful. Your faith in God 
shapes your actions. And your actions will determine certain or, or will, will result in, in, different, in different outcomes and different fruits, so to say. I mean, some people live in a close relationship with God. And they see miracles in their life. They see the supernatural. They experience God's guidance. They have meaningful encounters. And the power of God is in their life. And then there are other people. And for them, God is far away. And the supernatural is very rare or, or even absent. And this is not about because they believe in a different God. But it might be about that they believe different things about God. What we believe about God is important. And it makes a difference if we believe in a God who is loving and who is good and who is caring and who is close, closer than the air you breathe and who is faithful to you and who is all-powerful and who can do all things. Or to believe in a God who is out to punish you, who is looking out for you when you take your next false step and then he comes and, and he punishes and he is hard on you and he doesn't care about you. And he is inapproachable. It makes a difference what you believe about God. It makes a difference for you. But it also makes a difference for the people around you. See, last year, my family, we went through a difficult time. Some of you know about it. Some of you don't. But my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in, in March last year. And we were, we were going to take it with faith. We are going to take it with looking at the goodness of God, believing that he will bring us through. And so he had, uh, she, she had her first surgery in, in April, and then after this first surgery, they had to do a second surgery because more cancer cells were found, and in the end they had to amputate the breast, take out all lymph nodes, and they already told her, okay, you don't need one, one course of chemotherapy, but two, and afterwards radiation. We were taking it, with faith and with hope in God's goodness. And then she had the first chemotherapy course, with, which was really hard on her. And then September, she started the second course of chemotherapy. We were taking it with holding on to the goodness and the love and the power of God. And then in October, mid of October, my dad had to send my mom to the hospital because she showed cold symptoms and she had a fever. See, when you go through chemotherapy, the medication that you get, they not only kill the cancer cells, they also kill your immune system. And so every little cold can be potentially dangerous and even life-threatening. And the doctors had made my parents aware of that. And so when my mom show, showed cold symptoms and the fever got higher, my dad reacted right away and he sent her to the hospital immediately so she could get support. Well, the next morning I, I called the hospital because I wanted to find out how, how my mom is doing and, and how we can reach her, how we can call her if there's a phone number or something. And when I finally reached um, the right person to talk to, um, the nurse told me that my mom was tested positive with corona. And my first thought was, okay, that's it now. I will lose my mom. That's it. Because from a logical point of view, there was no reason why my mom should survive this virus. But my second thought was, God is good. He's a loving God. 
His word says he is all-powerful, so as long as my mom lives, there is hope. And so I started praying, and I texted friends in church, and they, they prayed with me, and then I, I filled out a prayer card that Sunday, and the whole church prayed with us. And to make a long story short, 12 days after my mom was put into the hospital, she could be released corona-free. What we believe about God matters. Because our faith in God shapes our actions, and our actions have certain results. But don't, don't hear me say, please don't hear me say, that God gives you whatever you pray for. God is not a coin machine where you put a prayer in and you get what you want. But God is sovereign. He is good. He has an amazing plan. He has the big picture. He always does what's best for you, even when that means that you don't get what you pray for. Still, what you believe about him is important for your own life. It has an influence on your own life. It has an influence on the lives of other people. It can either guide you to peace or to panic. It can guide you to hope or hopelessness. It can guide you to strength or to despair. I mean, when, when mom went through that whole cycle last year, there were times that were critical. There were times that were critical, especially when she was in the hospital. There were days, especially the first couple of days, where we didn't know if she would make it. But we were able to hold on to God and trusting in his goodness, in his power and his love. Together as a family, not just me and my husband, but also my dad and my sister and my mom herself. We were able to hold on to our faith and trusting in the goodness of God. And we also agreed that we wouldn't worry and be afraid until it was time. And thank God this time didn't come. I'm so glad that, that God healed my mom from COVID and he brought her through the whole treatment. End of December, she finished her treatment. She's doing fine. They will be here next Sunday. I'm looking forward to seeing them. <laughs> what we believe about God matters. It matters for us. It matters for other people. And what we believe about God can either separate us or it can unite us. And if we want to become of one faith, we need to check what we believe about God. And the best way to check what we believe about God is by looking into his word. Because the Bible is the ultimate tool to create one faith because the Bible shows us who God really is. So I urge you, get into the word of God. And as you read the word of God, I want to encourage you, read it with, with whole new eyes. Read it as if you would read it for the first time. Set aside traditions, set aside your culture, set aside even what you have experienced with God, set aside what other people told you about him. Read the word of God, read it for, for yourself so you can find out who God is. Read what Jesus has said and done when he was on earth. Read about all the promises that the word of God has for those who follow Jesus. Read about what the first church believed and what the results of their faith were. And read it as if you would read it for the very first time with new eyes so our faith can rise beyond culture, tradition, experience, and upbringing. And we can become of one faith. 
Because where people stand united in one faith, God's power can flow and move in mighty ways. I mean, what would be possible if, if we would believe that God can work out everything for our best, no matter how the situation looks like? That he can take us through any circumstances because his power is inside of us and that his power inside of us can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. What would be possible? Not just for you, but also for the people around you and for our city of Berlin. So let's get into the word of God to get to know God for who he really is. So define who God is. We did that, Apostles' Creed. Find out who God is through the Bible, through his word. And there's a third thing we can do that leads us into one faith. And there is a story in the Gospels that describe this very, very good. It's found in John 20. And in John 20, there is the story after Jesus' resurrection and his closest friends, the apostles, they didn't believe that he was alive. They struggled. They had a faith struggle. They struggled in their faith. Jesus came and he encountered them. And after he had encountered them, they believed. And they were of one faith, apart from one of them because he wasn't present, Thomas. Thomas wasn't there when Jesus came to encounter his friends and he didn't believe the testimony of the, of the 10 others. He didn't believe the testimony and we don't know why. Maybe there was too much grief in his heart after losing his best friend. Or maybe he was too disappointed. I mean, he had left everything behind, his family, friends, his business, just to find out that he has wasted three years of his life that everything he hoped for, everything he believed in, ended death on a cross in a grave. Maybe he was at the point where trusting one more time and being disappointed one more time would have crushed him. But Jesus came and he encountered Thomas as well. And he encountered him with love to help him to have faith and to be of one faith with the other apostles. And I believe Jesus will encounter us as well to help us to be of one faith. So after defining who God is and reading his word to find out who he is, encounter is a very, very powerful thing that Jesus wants to do in our lives to guide us into one faith. And the same way Jesus activated and unified the faith of his apostles, I believe he can activate and unify our faith here as well. He visited them because he loved them. And as we just sang, Jesus never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why don't we believe that he can come and encounter us today to lead us into one faith? Jesus is not willing to leave us where we are. No matter if our faith is big or small or strong or weak or even non-existent, he is not willing to leave us where we are. And he will come to meet us, to strengthen our faith, to grow our faith, to restore faith, to give us faith and to lead us into one faith through encounter. 
And I want to open the room right now for God to encounter us. And I would like you to stand to your feet. Open your heart, invite Jesus to come and to meet you today. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on in your hearts. He knows what keeps you from believing. He knows what keeps you from having one faith with others. So Jesus, I pray come right now and touch us. Thank you, God, that your power is here with us, that your love is here with us. Thank you that your love is stronger than anything. Thank you, God, that you're not done with us. Thank you that there's always a next step, God, and I pray that you lead us into stronger faith. God, I pray that you give us faith today. God, I pray that you unify us in our faith today so we can worship you for who you are, so we can walk this planet in your strength, knowing who you are, to change this world, to change this city. But it starts in us. So Lord, whatever we, we need right now, you know your church, you know our hearts. I pray, pour it out. Pour it into our lives. Pour it into our hearts. Whatever we need, encounter us, Jesus, so we can walk as one in your name. Amen. Amen.